With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome to Between the Links with your host, Mike Peck. All right, the iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links, and this is going to be a little bit of a different episode of the program this week as we have wrapped up the 2020 calendar year for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. UFC Vegas 17 went down on Saturday night. We've talked a lot about that card on our post-fight show on on to the next one, so in the spirit of the holidays and in the spirit of what the end of the year entails in this crazy sport of ours, we're going to throw away the playbook this week and we're going to have a little fun, have a little round table because we are in the midst of year-end awards, the best ofs, if you will. And here at MMA Fighting, these awards are going to be dished out very, very soon. So we thought, you know what? Let's peel back the curtain a little bit and let's discuss how some of us at MMA Fighting are looking at these individual awards. So joining me in this venture are a couple of fine, upstanding citizens of the MMA fighting community. First, let us introduce a man who is very festive in this holiday season. He will end 2020 as the reigning, defending, undisputed, between the links champion. And he's going to be ready to defend that strap in 2021 and hopes to go on a very, very long run. The very festive Jed Mishu. Sir, how are you? And what did you, it seems like you bought yourself a holiday gift with your with your winner's money from Between the Links. Show us this this sweatshirt of yours. Winner's money. That check must be in the mail, Mike. <laughs> I've done a lot of winning on this show. I don't think I've gotten it once. So hopefully that's coming soon, I guess. Uh, you know, end of the year, it seemed, let's be a little festive. Put a hat on. This shirt that you can't see all of it says, ho, ho, hold my beer. Um, so I'm really staying on brand as far as everything goes uh and just happy to, to have a, a day off i mean every week's a, a day off for me but you know no no competition just some friendly banter with my good buddy who you're going to introduce now talk about a segue that's right it's perfect and that man is the prince of positivity the co-host of one of the fastest rising podcasts in mma uh, on to the next one the great 
Alexander K. Lee. How are you, buddy? Hello. I, I, I agreed only to come on uh, Between the Links again because I believe this is a non-competitive uh, episode, right, Mike? That's what you told me before. This is like a this is Tyson Jones Jr., right? This is all friendly. It, uh, it's an exhibition. Uh, we already had Nate Robinson and uh, Jake Paul, right? right? That's out of the way. This is this is strictly exhibition and for fun, right? No winners and losers today, right, Mike? Correct. Oh, I mean, goodness. and like like Tyson Jones, one of us is probably going to throw a little harder than the other, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, yeah, we're I, not I, here to I, knock I each other out, but one of us is going to care a little more and, and be a little more heated. <laughs> no, no lightning round. No, no uh, mystery round either, please. No lightning round. But though I will go first if that does come up, of course. Wow. Speaking of segues. That is a perfect segue, AK, because here's the thing. We were going to spend this entire episode talking about end-of-year awards and such, and we will do that for the majority of this program. But UFC President Dana White decided, hmm, let us give these guys something to talk about on Between the Links, because a couple of hours ago, before we hit record, he released this five-minute video of him praising himself and proving everybody wrong in not just MMA media, but media around the globe. This video to me, upon view, was absolutely hilarious. And of all people to feature in this video, they featured the Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee. And it wasn't just like a sound bite. It was, here's his picture. Here's his name. Here's his website. It was insane, AK. This is all insane to me. Can, can, can I just get your reaction? Not one, just for you even being in this video, but two, just the video itself. Like, how did you even react to, to seeing this? Well, first of all, what's important is they got the website in there, MMAfighting.com, number one. So glad that was in there. <laughs> uh, I was not even going to watch the video, but our, our own Damon Martin, God bless him, uh, alerted us all that I, I was in there. He said near the end. And I, so I had to, I did, you know, I'm a narcissist. I just skipped most of it and just went to go find myself. Uh, and it's just the most harmless quote. I believe something like, this is a very, you know, something to the effect of, this is a very high risk, you know, thing that the UFC is doing, which I stand by. I and and and, and I'm, to be, I'm not to be fair to the clip, which is by the way just a huge piece of propaganda, and a lot of people, a lot of journalists, kind of got it worse than me. I mean, my my segment is harmless, I think, for me. Uh, I, you know, uh, they they presented my quote as it was. Uh, I stand by it. It was high risk. It is high risk. So I'm not I'm not upset about it. I think it's funny. Uh, like I said, but the clip is uh, just trash. It, it is absolutely trash, uh, especially how some again some of our colleagues were treated in it. And the only thing that bothered me was was the picture of me if anyone and, and me and all the other journalists is like a black and white, very washed out photo of like you, most of like our Twitter profile pics. Uh, so it looks like I either died or uh, or I committed some sort of grave crime, and that's kind of like the shot they're using in like my my net my two part Netflix. Uh, retrospective on what went wrong with this with this once fine upstanding young uh member of society so the picture is pretty brutal but other than that i mean it's 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 an honor just to be included i guess but come on dana white you gotta be better than that uh i'm not surprised at all are you surprised jed before we move on to the awards i mean it is the holiday season we're trying to be positive and festive but to see dana white producing this or, or, or at least hiring a team to produce this multi-thousand dollar video i mean this is not like a video he just sat on iMovie and did it in his office he he went all out for this thing they this is high production value but five minutes of just dumping on the media saying everybody doubted us no one had a good thing to say about it and we proved all them wrong are you surprised with this how do you react to just the, the little you've seen of this of this monstrosity I'm surprised that I'm surprised because, I mean, this shouldn't be shocking to anybody. Dana White is Dana White. He is 
the pettiest man that ever there was. And so he is going to take any opportunity he can to rub people's noses in it, even when he's still not right. Like nothing that any of the journalists said was wrong. It's, it just is what it is. So, uh, but I, I just wouldn't have been like, yeah, he's going to do this. I can't be shocked by it. At the same time, I just wouldn't have expected it because what's the benefit here? Like who's, there's a lot of money went into this and to what, like, what is this promoting? Is this just promoting? This all feels like a huge, just ego stroke for himself, which I mean, I guess, Hey, you got the money, you can do that. But I, I don't know. This just seems hilariously <laughs> off. putting. So great. I, and frankly, I think it's great. Like it, it is immediately quality, like, bona fides for any journalist in that video because like hey you aren't a total hacker shill like you can just say yeah definitely not ufc shill because look they don't like me because i have common sense so i all things ridiculous um but you know it's funny so i go through that yes thank you for the christmas present four days away from it dana white good god oh my i cannot believe this is a thing but that's it we're that, that's as much time as we're giving this giving it less time than the actual video itself mike and of all the things all the things to point out that ak has been wrong about i feel like you just you <laughs> go with, with the one time he was correct do any of the other ones do do our first iteration of between the links where kamar usman was the fighter of the year but do that. That is what yeah. you can make fun of Alexander yeah. Lee for being still, still in my top five. Still in my top five. Still in my top five. As we will, I don't want to spoil. <laughs> I don't want to spoil later in the show. Still my, still my top. Five. So. Oh man! So the, the segues. I mean, this is a great team right here. We're just segueing and everything. Uh, but here's how this is all going to work. I'm, regret, I'm remembering yeah. why I don't want to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right so what we're gonna do today and some of it will probably be a little bit redundant because i'm sure there's gonna be some agreement here maybe there won't be who knows with jet on the panel but uh how we approach these awards are each staff member will give their top five for each of these different categories and then points are awarded based on where each sits in the ranking in the end the most points will win the award now this will give you somewhat of a gauge of like where we may be going here, but keep in mind, there's still several other staff members who will still be casting their votes and maybe they will look at things differently than we do, but who knows what's gonna happen. But there's gonna be five categories in total. We'll begin with the newcomer slash breakout fighter of the year. Now, this is gonna be an interesting one, in my opinion, based on one, the interpretation of the award, and two, I feel like number one and number two in this category, they're gonna be mixed and matched throughout the staff picks. So this might be the closest award out of any of them. So Jed Michoud, we'll begin with you. I don't know if you have your top five in front of you, but going from number five to number one, who are your nominees from for newcomer slash breakout fighter of the year in 2020? Yeah, I do have them in front of me. So my top five for breakout fighter of the year, you said five to one, uh, Giga Chikadze, uh, is number five, Rafael Fiziev. Fiziev. I'm I'm gonna butcher some of these names this whole show, and I apologize. Uh, that's gonna be my number four. Uh, Joaquin Buckley gonna be my number three there. Uh, number two, Kevin Holland, and number one, I did in fact go with Hamzat Shemaev. AK, let us go to you. Uh, how are you? I, I liked a lot of Jed's picks there. Some, a couple I yeah. didn't even think about. But AK, uh, bottom to top, who's your breakout fighter nominees for 2020? Can I go top to bottom? Whatever you want to do, my friend. 
I'll go bottom this time. All right, I don't want to be a disturber. I just thought I'd mix things. You know, mix things <laughs> you up can a little if you bit. want. Back the- no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and again, I, I, I want to remind people my when our when my final list comes out, it might look a little different. But let's go number five, Buckley. Number four, breakout, Mackenzie Dern. Uh, number three, I'm stealing an idea from the truck here, but uh, I gotta go Yiri Prohachka. This is counting uh, a New Year, a Rise of New Year's show, by the way. So it's a little bit of a sneak in there. But uh, and then number two, Kevin Holland. Number one, number one, Hamzat. Mackenzie Dern, eh? Yeah. So wait, I, did listen you, I, again. Did you not have Kevin Holland in there at all? No, no, Kevin Holland number two. Oh, I mean, okay. I was just, mm-hmm. I was too flabbergasted by you including one fight <laughs> year to Hoshka in your breakout fight of the year. The only, the only reason I would call him is if I was, if I was disqualifying him from the, because he's also on the. I think again, I'm not. This isn't surprise anyone. I think most people's fighter of the year list. So if you wanted to keep those lists separate, that's the only reason I can think not to include Holland, but I, I don't think that distinction needs to be made. I think you can have people on both lists, but yeah, Holland for me, number two on. Okay. All right. <clears throat> number five for me was Brandon Royval. I mean, this guy made things very interesting at 125 pounds. Submission went over Tim Elliott, won a, got a bonus. Submission went over Kai Car France, got a bonus. You know, they're in, in the fight with Kai Car France. The first round of that fight was one of the best rounds of the entire year. Yeah, he did come up short in the Brandon Moreno fight, injured his shoulder in the process. But a lot of people actually viewed that fight with Moreno as a number one contender fight. I don't know if I was necessarily thinking that much. Even Brandon, Brandon Rival wasn't really thinking that 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 much. But a great year for him. Very bright future in this division. Number four is Chaos Williams. I mean, those two knockouts of Alex Moroto and Razak Halasan, the pre-fight mean mugging. I mean, those just speak for itself. I mean, he came up short on Saturday against Michelle Bejeda, but a lot of people still felt he won that fight. If we're talking breakout from a guy who wasn't in the UFC to where he's at now, that man broke out in a big way. Number three, Joaquin Buckley, one of Chaos's teammates. That speaks for itself. I'm sure we'll be talking more about Joaquin later on. Number two is Hamzat Shamaya for me. I think this guy's rise has been ridiculous. And for a while there, this is a clear-cut number one for him, but... Things sort of slowed down for him down the stretch once the Leon Edwards fight got postponed, which leads you to the number one. It's got to be Kevin Holland. The guy's stock rose every single month from May on, and the crazy KO win over Jacare cemented it for me. He's much watched TV. But if listen, if you want to give it to Hamza Chimaev, I'm not going to fault you for that, but I think Kevin Holland squeaks by uh, with the victory on my list here. There you go. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable uh, list. I had a... Uh... Uh, um, I had Chaos Williams on mine coming into this weekend, and then just because of the law, like if he had won, uh, I would have had him slotted in, I think at three or four, I don't remember. Uh, but then with the loss, I mean, Chikadze's just, I, he put up four wins this year, and I kind of re- want to reward that with something, and it feels like enough for me. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, that's a good pick. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't have any qualms with with your list. I do still, and this is the same argument we had, whatever it was, two weeks ago. Uh, between me and Sean, or last week, whenever it was, I still think Hamzat Shemaev is, he's my number one pick. I get the Kevin Holland pick, and it's like not going to split hairs here, but to me, Hamzat just rose way more in estimation than Kevin Holland. Like, Kevin Holland had a better year, 100%. Like, I would rather have Kevin Holland year than Hamzat's, but Hamzat went from not in the UFC to potential title eliminator bout in the span of like six months. And to me, that's just like when I look back on this year, I'm maybe I'll think of it as Kevin Holland's like big breakout year. But I really think I'm just going to remember like, oh, yeah, that was the year Hamza like became a thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, mean, uh, looking... go ahead. AK. I think, I think people are going to find it weird when they do see some of the lists and Kevin Holland is on fighter of the year and Hamzat isn't, but Hamzat is ahead of Holland on Brigger because the parameters should be different. The parameters should be different. Uh, Holland like came in with a little bit more of a name this year. Uh, and, you know, broke in from being a borderline top 15 guy to uh, now, I guess, a top five, top seven, top eight guy, you know, depending how you uh, measure the Jacare win. But like they said, Chimaya came out of nowhere. He's the most talked about guy. Um, and and I, that's why I support what Jed's saying. And it's also because I, I want to explain that's sort of why I would put Prohachka on the list. Colin Prohachka, a, a breakout guy, is a little weird considering he's, I'm just looking at, he's uh, over 30 professional guy. fights. He's been doing damage in Ryzen uh, for a couple of years now. Um, so so for some people, I know they're going to roll their eyes and go like, oh, well, I, I knew about Yuri Prohashka all along. How can you say he's a breakout? You know, it's like when the Grammys uh, nominate someone for new artists and they, they're like four albums into their career. Uh, but I think in this case, we're definitely seeing in a broader sense, certainly for a North American audience, they might have heard of Yuri Prohashka, but weren't sure how good he was. And again, if I'm counting, you know, giving him an extra bonus to the New Year's Eve win, even if you just want to take the Volcon win, I mean, he came in with quite a bit of hype and not just in his results, but his style. Uh, and he sh- he got to sh- as short as that fight was. He got to show that kind of crazy unorthodox style that that uh, that that people had talked about, and got himself a knockout over a former UFC uh, title contender. So for me, I have no problem putting on my list of breakout guys because by the by after that, people were already saying they want to see him fight for the title. People are saying now they think they, they'd favor him in a Jan Blachowicz fight. That's the kind of buzz we're talking about that, that guys like Hamzat and guys like uh, Yuri Prohashka generated this year, even with only one or two or you know, however many fights they managed to sneak in. Did you get, did neither of you have Fizeev in your on your, your list? Was that a was that a Jed solo? No, no Fizeev for me. Oh man. I love it though. The Matrix? I'm not against and it. Then I'm not against the Dorf Moicano. That dude I'm not, that's I love one, that, one of the guys I'm that's most me. interested in watching next year. I think he's yeah. going to be a gangbusters at lightweight. He's one to watch for sure. And you'll be get to learn more about one Raphael Faziv this Thursday, 10 a.m. on What the Heck. Had a great conversation with Mr. Faziv. And uh, I, I will tease that interview by saying that it was on his first day of quarantine after the fight in the hotel he was staying at. They made a big mistake and he wasn't happy about it. And he told us all about it, and it's hilarious. And uh, I don't think the hotel will be making that mistake again. So uh, that sounds like an interview you can't miss. It's good stuff. Like- it's real good stuff. And um, uh, and and Michael, go I'll go ahead, Mike. Okay, I'll go. No, uh, no, the go last ahead. one I want. Uh, yeah, I want to elaborate on Darren a little bit more. Because I think I don't know if there'd be too much pushback against it. Um, some people might think, you know, she debuted a couple years ago. She's already kind of made a name for herself. But this was the year I think she really. One thing, she's one of the fighters fortunate enough to get. Uh, three fights in, uh, three fights and three wins. Uh, and no oh, good. There, there's one of Hannah Sayers, uh, fine, you know, unproven, you know, some of the kind of UFC kind of trots out there, tough fighter, but fine. I can see people overlooking that. Ronda Marcos, very seasoned veteran, a good win. Again, maybe not a, maybe a contender, but certainly respectable. And then Virna Janjiroba, some people were picking her to beat Dern. So that was a super credible win. Um, so yeah, re- really nice. Uh, I think she really, really has people talking about possibly fighting for a world title someday, which we might've thought was our hope for her uh, when she, you know, made her UFC debut. But now there's like almost an expectation that if she has a solid 2021, uh, she'd compete for it. Win it? I don't know. Who, who even knows who could win, who could win that belt at 125, right? But compete for it? I think people are, I think people are talking about it now. My Holland pick is because again, this is the interpretation of the award. You can look at it however you mm-hmm. want. Now, Kevin Holland heading mm-hmm. into 2020 was the guy. Yeah, he's fun. 
but he'll never live up to his potential. Like that's, I feel like he's got all the potential, but he just, he's in his own way. And this year he got out of his own way. And especially after that first win over Fluffy Hernandez, yeah, it's not the biggest name in the world, but that was the Kevin Hall we've been waiting to see since he was on the contender series. We finally got to see it and just kept getting better and better and better. I mean, this is a guy who got submitted by Brennan Allen in Boston. Like it, it was a bad loss for him. It was really bad. So to come back from that, you know, have everybody sort of doubting him and then just go five and zero and have the year he's having and people look at him in this certain way. Now I think he's the number one, but listen, like I said, Shamayev's right there. I got no issue with, with people picking him uh, as the, as the breakout guy of the year, no doubt. But uh, next one we're going to head to. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ and with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator is the fight of the year. I don't think we're going to have much of a difference in the number one and number two spot. Maybe three through five will differ. I don't know. AK, what are your top five fights of the year? All right. I will go with, again, my order's a little rough here, but I will go with number one. I don't think there can be much controversy here. Jean-Philippe or Yuani Alchichik. Uh And then the rest of my top five, maybe in no particular order. I I, I really loved uh, Figueredo Moreno, of course. I don't know if I want to set it in the number two spot. It's just so recent. It's fresh for a lot of us. And by the way, for me, the draw... Uh, does not hurt it. I, I know. I know for people, it's like, oh, a draw makes it worse. I'm like, I don't. I don't. Uh, Edgar Edgar Maynard two is one of like my favorite fights of all time. Then it didn't draw. So um, a draw for me doesn't matter. Uh, uh, it might affect, you know, how people vote for Figgy for Fighter of the Year. But that's another discussion. Uh, I loved the Julius Stoyarenko to uh, Brazil fight, which of course the same weekend as uh, Zhang Weili and JJ. Just just the bloodiest, nastiest fight maybe I've ever seen. Uh, this one I feel like flew under the radar a lot. Maybe it's because I'm big. I gave your uh, really enjoy Frankie Edgar 
and uh, Pedro Munoz. I thought it was just a classy, classy five-round battle. And then um, I'm torn between Dan Hooker, Paul Felder, or Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker. So Dan Hooker, I, I feel like, has to make this list somewhere. I just haven't quite uh, distinguished between the two yet. Dan Hooker is going to make my list twice. Number five, Dan oh. Hooker versus Paul Felder. UFC Auckland in yeah. February. I mean, that was a tremendous technical oh. masterpiece. Two tough dudes. Great fight. That's on my list. And it, especially like in this crazy year, that's an often forgotten about classic. So I'm putting that at number five. Number four, the only three round fight that makes the list for me, Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos. Just a wild wow. 15 minutes of chaos between these two guys. And then to find out that Josh Emmett performed the way he did with like one leg and all those crazy injuries he sustained, tore like every CL you could have in your body. What a madman he is. And Burgos is a, is a, is a beast in his own might. That fight was amazing. Uh, number three, the hangman back once again. That fight with Dustin Poirier in June. That was crazy. Number two, I'm with you, AK. Figure out a Moreno. And then number one is Zhang Weili and Ioanni and Jacek uh, from March at UFC 248. Jed, what say you? What's your top five fights of the year? I, I like both of your lists. I also like that we're going to have just a little bit of dissension here. So my number five, um, mixing it up. You're going to see what I did there. Uh, Patchy Mix versus Juan Archuleta and Bellator. Uh, nice. I did, I really like that fight. Um, I don't love doing like full UFC lists of everything. Um, and I think just the dynamics of that fight being mixed early and uh, Archuleta coming on late. I, I just really enjoyed that fight. So I want to give it some credit this year. So that's my number five. Uh, four, I have, uh, as you both have mentioned here, Poirier Hooker. Just a spectacular fight. Uh, my number three fight, I have Figueredo Moreno. Uh, you could put it at number two. I think I'm. it's possible that I put it at number three as a result of it being so recent and trying to overcorrect for recency bias. Uh, but my number two, uh, Gaethje Ferguson, that fight was awesome. And I think because of what happened afterwards, people have sort of forgotten that like Justin Gaethje ate an uppercut from hell. And like that fight was clear a, a, a clear win for Gaethje, but a really competitive back and forth battle. Uh, and then my number one, it's, it's the only fight that could be, it's the best fight of the year. It's one of the five best fights ever. It's the greatest female fight of all time. Zhang Wiley versus Yoni and Jacek. I like these lists. I'm glad we did this show this week. Cause one of the things I was concerned about is like, Oh, we're just gonna have the same top five, but that is not the case. One and two, I think is going to be the same for a lot of us, but the three, four, five, that's going to make this show really interesting. I like those picks. I like the Stolyarenko pick AK too. Oh, that was just so nasty. I, I, it's one of the fights where I want to tell people who haven't seen it to watch it, but I also don't, they should watch it. Cause if you just <laughs> see, uh, I think it was Cynthia Vance, I think who got the really good shot of the mat after it looks it looks fake. It looks fake. It looks like it's like it looks like oh someone filmed uh like a movie about MMA and they want to make like a really like bloody fight. You know, in the last scene, it's like oh so they put all this fake blood everywhere. And if you watch it, you'd be like, yeah, I guess for a movie it looks okay, but that that wouldn't really happen in real life. It, it when you watch the fight, I don't want to say it, you'll you'll know where all that blood came from. By the way, it's uh, it's, so, it's it's so disgusting to even talk about, but it's it's an incredible incredible. We're not talking about a small cut here either. We're not talking about like oh they got like a nub of the eyebrow or something you know, in the first round and then both of them, you know, one of them got another cut like under their eyes or the bloody nose. There was like an enormous gash on like Versus' face. And, and but it's just not in the way of her being able to see. So it's like, oh, just keep it going. But if you want, if this was happening like on the streets, just out of sync, you would someone call the police, like someone gets pulled to the hospital and they should not be fighting more. Uh, but it's just a great, great fight that a lot of people missed. And and just one more thing about the, the, the Zhang uh, JJ fight. I mean, 
Look, I'm sure there are people who are wondering if, if Zhang's win over Andrade was like, oh, it's a good matchup. You know, she caught she caught her in the first round, maybe so, someone who rushed her. How is she going to deal with a more technical champion, you know, the greatest strawweight of all time? And to go 25 minutes just banging, <laughs> there's no let up in that fight. The fifth round is just as intense as the first. It, it's inhuman. I don't I don't know if we're, we're going to see that one topped anytime soon. That was unreal. Incredible fight. Incredible weekend of women's MMA. No doubt about that. We'll we'll remember that one for a long time. As we head to the Performance Awards, Submission of the Year in MMA in 2020. I'm going to start on this one and then see how you guys react to it. Number five for me, Aljamain Sterling's quick submission win over Corey Sanhagen to become the number one contender at 135. He did in less than 90 seconds. High stakes, high reward. Certainly, that was one of my, like, holy crap moments of the year. Uh, Number four, Mackenzie Dern's submission of Hannah Cyphers. Like, Anytime you have you are the first at doing something, that gives you extra points in my book. She knee bar ciphers, first leg lock submission in women's UFC history. That's my number four. Sticking with the women for number three, another leg lock submission, Ariane Lipsky over Luana Carolina in July. That was just so painful to watch, to look at, to see. It's just one of those images that you couldn't get out of your head for a while. She gets on my list. Number two. Habib Nurmagomedov submitting Justin Gaethje at UFC 254, retains his title with a triangle choke. Not just that, but he transitioned from an armbar that he would have gotten because he didn't want to injure Justin Gaethje in front of his parents. That is just so insane to me. This would have been an easy number one for me pretty much any other year. But then the best prospect in all of MMA decided to shuffle the deck. AJ McKee improved to 17-0. He submits Darian Caldwell with this crazy-ass neck crank, McKeotine. Our own Casey Lyon did a great breakdown of that submission on the YouTube page. The actual, I mean, the submission, the opponent, getting to the finals of the Grand Prix in style, doing it in just over a minute against a guy like Caldwell. To me, that's the submission of the year. It just has to be. Jed, what do you think? So you don't have the same top two, but we do invert there. And I'll go into my reasoning here. For my number five, uh, I have AJ Agazarm versus Ultimimi. Uh, you could put a lot of things here. I went with this one just because I I thought it was an interesting kind of setup from Agazarm. It's sort of an armbar finish, but also a lot, little bit like an inverted triangle. Um, so the whole everything about it was just a little weird. But really, you could put any number of things. I almost had Chase Hooper's comeback submission this past weekend uh, in there instead, or two weekends ago, sorry. Uh, For my number four, uh, Jimmy Flick uh, over Cody Durden from this past weekend. Anytime you throw a flying triangle up, I'm going to be a fan of it. And that's enough to sneak into my top five. My number three from the regional scene, (laughs) Shooto Brazil, uh, Luis Felipe put – what I think is a Suluev stretch, that's what it's being listed as, but it's a super weird, funky position. I encourage you to go find the, the submission of Shooto Brazil 100. Um, and I think it is ultimately a Suluev stretch that gets the tap, but they're knotted up like a pretzel, and so it's really cool. And then my number two, like I said, it, we share the same two, but I inverted. I have AJ McKee's uh, neck crank guillotine submission over uh, Caldwell as my number two. And for me – uh, Habib's submission over Gaethje is the best submission this year, uh, you know, because of everything. So it's it's for the title of lightweight goat. If he didn't already have it secured, now he does. It established him as one of the greatest fighters of all time. And frankly, uh, Luke Thomas used to be an MMA fighting guy. Did this whole breakdown of the setup, 
And essentially, that's the most impressive sequence of MMA this year to me is Habib goes from being on the feet with Gaethje to having submitted Gaethje in about 22 seconds, full stop. And that entire series, the takedown transitions, giving up the armbar to go for a triangle, like that whole thing is no perfect and stunning. And it's basically the peak of MMA. And so to me, that's the best submission this year. AK, what say you? Uh, loved uh, Dern Cyphers loved Sterling Sandhagen didn't quite make a list I, I snuck in my list is going to look very similar to you guys but I did sneak in one at number five which I you know it wasn't the prettiest submission but she kind of called her shot in a weird way and it's the first time she ever did it so I have to I, I'm going to give that fifth spot I think to uh, Jermaine Durandamy, uh her submission uh, uh, guilty of Juliana Pena because She's, you know, she's really good at interviews. So I think it was just kind of something she threw out there during fight week. Was like, hey, you know, who knows? Everyone's saying it's grappler versus striker. She's like, but I've been working on my grappling a lot. Maybe I'll get a submission. Who knows? And it's the kind of thing you laugh off. Maybe we throw in a YouTube headline or something to get some clicks. You don't really think it's going to happen. You assume it's going to play out as as grappler versus striker. Uh, and yes, you know, Pena has been susceptible to being submitted before, but. Deuteronomy, for her to do something uh, this late in her career, after years of kickboxing, years of MMA, to get her first submission, I thought was so cool uh, on such a big stage. So I'll shout that one out. I'm talking about a lot because the other ones you guys have kind of explained. I think uh, Flick would be my fourth, Flick Durden. Uh, he's got such a cool style, and he got to show it. Uh, and and just I, I, we talked about this on another show, but he lured him into that submission. Uh, and by the time it was in, you know, Durden was just like, he was so mad after. <laughs> uh, Ariane Lipsky. Maybe the worst visual of the year. Uh, we had some nasty submissions this year, but boy, there were some great pictures captured of it. And in the moment, it, it was absolutely horrifying. I don't need to see that one again. And uh, top two for me as well. But I went with McKee, number one, and I did go with Khabib second. But again, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Uh, Jed mentioned before, we like to have a little bit, you know, you like to not just have an all UFC list, uh, which I guess some people sometimes you'll see, you'll think like, oh, they threw in like a belt or a clip, you know, or something or highlight a number five, just so that these. This is not a token selection at all. Uh, this McKee submission is unreal on anything I think we've seen at this level of MMA. Uh, and again, 17-0, maybe the kind of thing you watch and you say, gosh, maybe I'm watching the best friend in the world. you know. And that's, uh, that's a hell of a submission if you can do that. Yeah, I think that was a night where everybody believed AJ McKee was like the real deal. I think people believed it anyways, but they're like, all right, now he's fighting Darren Caldwell. Let's see if he's really that good. And then to do what he did, you're just like, holy shit, this guy really is that good. He is. He's so. really, really good at fighting. <laughs> he's, uh, he is an excellent fighter. He is that he and his dad are related. Just like. <laughs> hey, hold on. Antonio had a fine career. He had a fine career. <laughs> he had a great career, but they don't even yeah. fight more like each other man no it's like no watch dad like, do the exact opposite and it's it's amazing that he's done the, this is all with bellator this is 17 and 0 all with bellator we've had bellator kind of like promote you know a lot of a lot of guys projects a lot of guys pico you know pico's someone who they were hoping of course to be or still could be but mckee's a guy from from day one you know, from day one, oh, wow. as, uh, has, has proven himself. And, like, it is just props to Scott Coker, props to the, you know, Rich Chu, the whole uh, Bellator scouting team. I mean, they've, they've got a good one here. And, uh, yeah, 2021, it could be the year when, pe- when even more people see AJ McKee and just be like, yeah, this is this guy. This guy's number one. This guy might be a number one at 145. No disrespect to Volkanovsky, by the way, who, who I know gets disrespected all the time because Volkanovsky is just is, is amazing and, and also had a very good year. 
Volkanovski is the consensus greatest featherweight of all time. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The other two consensus greatest featherweights of all time. Have you not listened to Joe Rogan? Yeah, Yeah, he's got his props already. You're right. I don't need. I don't. I don't. I don't need to blow him up anymore. You're right. (laughs) Oh man. So that's the submission of the air. Let us head to the knockout of the year. This seems like an easy number one here, but uh, there are certainly some fun competition along the way. Jed, we will begin with you. Set the table. Top five for KO of the year. Honestly, there are a ton of really good KOs this year, <laughs> so you can kind of pick and choose. Number one is I think everyone all around the world will agree on it, but other than that, you're just, you know, you've got a, a plethora of great options for me. I uh, went for number five with Francis Ngannou uh, over Yairzinho Rosenstruck. Let's be let's be clear; it's not a great technical KO, but he blew that man's doors off in seven seconds or whatever it was, and it was funny as <laughs> hell and terrifying. So uh, I'm not going to disrespect Ngannou by leaving him <laughs> off this list. That's for damn sure. Uh, for four, uh, and I really kind of want to move this up, frankly, but I just don't see a way to Dariush uh, versus Drakkar Close. That comeback, uh, I think that honestly is probably the comeback of the year for me. Uh, the spinning back fist comeback when he was getting lit up on the feet to, to kill the man is spectacular. Number three uh, could easily be number two, uh, Kevin Holland uh, over Jacques Ray from just a couple weeks back. We haven't really seen somebody get KO'd from that position before. The way Jacques Ray folds back on himself is creepy and weird, and I always like the aesthetics of a KO like that. Number two for me is Cody Garbrandt versus Hafele Sunsau, just because I think that's a Sunsau. I, I have just an unbelievable amount of respect for how good he is, and nobody's ever done that to him. And just all the aesthetics, everything about that KO, is it's basically the perfect KO. So that's my number two. But number one, I mean, come on, guys. It's it's Buckley. It's it's that ninja stuff from Buckley. And if you don't think that's number one, you've lost your damn mind. <laughs> AK, Jet is absolutely correct. There are so many really good knockouts this year. But uh, what were the, the, the most ferocious enough to make your list? Well, I have Jet here. Can I go off on one quick tangent? Sure. sure. We talked about how... The seventh knockout, uh, and it reminds me. Uh, it reminds me that again, he fought. He, he, he did. He managed. To, he fought twice this year, right? And it lasted for a total of what, like two minutes or something, or way less, ninety seconds, a minute. Uh, Jet, let me. If if his if uh, Ngana's career ended today, would he be one of uh, the ten best heavyweights of all time? Ten best. Ten best. I know no. it's a good list. There's a lot of a lot of great names on there. Probably not, just because heavyweight is such a marquee division that there are enough mm-hmm. names that are that have done more but like if you stack up his current resume against the best of you know a a, peer, a chunk of time for any of the people yeah. above him it's i mean it's almost as good as anybody which is francis Ngannou is i think my favorite mma fighter right now uh <laughs> just because he's he might not be good at fighting like we still have no idea (laughs) we're not not sure we know that he can punch really hard and he's managed to do it a bunch but like i still he might just suck at fighting (laughs) like it's very possible (laughs) that if there is a man alive who doesn't get bolted by his touch of death that they beat his ass (laughs) but like we haven't seen it yet that's that's a firm no i think for the top 10 (laughs) 
I think he's not, but he is, he's just, he is such an outlier to me that he is fascinating because I think he is unquestionably the highest level fighter of all time whose level we actually don't know. Like, I think he has achieved more without us knowing anything about him, frankly, than any other fighter in history, which is super weird and really interesting. So and I feel like I, he can for like almost anyone, anyone not named Stipe. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I favor him against anyone not named Stipe. Right? I think he's I I've said it for two years now. I think he's gonna beat the shit out of Stipe when they rematch if they oh. like I I look I've never been sold on Stipe and it's made me a Stipe hater and for many years that hasn't been working out for me, but it's going to eventually. And I think the next time he fights in Ganu is the time that it will pay off for me. But Man. if he left today, no, he's not. If he wins the title, yes he is. And that's just sort of how MMA works, I think. True. Fair enough. Well, again, I put him in like Tony Ferguson thing. I think if uh, if you know Ferguson never wins a, a undisputed title, he's still like a top five level. But anyway, I got I got yeah, what I wanted. I got, yeah, Mike, I got what I wanted. Jed, I got what I wanted. Um, so sorry, I'll say, knockout of the year, knockout of the year. I have to show some love with the five spot to uh, Sandhagen and Marlon Marais because it happened on the same card as Buckley. I know everyone's going to forget about it, but that freaking wheel kick was was awesome. It's it, it's a shame. Like it didn't, uh, he had to do some follow-up strikes after, I think. So it wasn't like, oh, like the, uh, the Barbosa Edom clip them instant statue. Uh, but it was so, so good. And I, I just know people are going to forget it because it happened uh, on the Buckley card, but I, I would put that in my five. Uh, I'm going to argue this, but the Hamza Shabayev, uh, Gerald Mearshirt, like, Again, this has more a lot to do with the moment as well. The build up, the moments, delivering when something is so expected of you uh, in such a spectacular way. You know, we talked about those those Conor McGregor moments. This was a Conor McGregor moment uh, for Hamza, where they 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 put all these hype packs together. He, uh, there was a lot of doubters, including me, who were like, "Wow, once he faces decent competition, he might win, but he won't look as good." He looked better than I could have possibly imagined uh, against a solid veteran in uh, Joe Mearshart. So uh, that's my number four. Uh, Garbrandt, the knockout of Hassan Sao, just a huge, huge comeback for him. So it, aesthetically pleasing and also very meaningful. And then Holland, uh, number two, one of the craziest, wildest, bizarre knockouts we've ever seen. And Buckley, number one, maybe the best UFC knockout of all time. I like this list. This probably was the hardest list for me to put together because, like Jed said, there's so many good knockouts and probably like five through three, in my opinion. Like, there's so many different ways you could have gone about this. But Number five to me is a forgotten classic, and I believe it de- deserves some shine here. I'm going with Calvin Cater and the step in elbow on Jeremy Stevens because that was just so vicious, so violent, so well-timed. It was spectacular. So that's my number five. I'm putting Cody Garbrandt at number four, uh, the KO of Hafiola Sunsa. I mean, it was, it was a huge win. He really needed it. It was a beautiful, beautiful knockout. Number three, same card. I'm going with Sean O'Malley. UFC 250 took him less than two minutes. He one punch walk off KOs Eddie Wineland. The right cross is just beautiful. It was so nasty. Cody's was great too, but after weighing the weighing it all out and watching it over and over again, I kind of liked O'Malley's better. So he's going to get my number three, and then number two is Kevin Hall, and number one is Joaquin Buckley. So there you go. Yeah, no. Any response? No, I mean it's look. I, everyone's going to have the same one. Probably like Holland is probably just going to be number two based on the Holland KO is going to be in everybody's top five might not be number two, but it's probably will end up being the second best KO of the year. Just aggregation of numbers. 
And then anything from three to 17 is like totally fine. <laughs> yeah. like there, were, there are a ton of chaos we haven't even discussed that were awesome. And I mean, it's just, it was a really good year for people getting concussed violently. Chaos Williams? Yeah, and, and none uh, of us are Chaos Williams. Yeah, I Chaos know, Williams. Two, two Chaos in four seconds. And uh, I, I know we'll be moving on from the performance, but obviously Jed and I, you know, we cover, we, 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 we do, a, you know, Miss Fist. We cover a lot of international regional highlights and you could probably make a top five list that's better than sort of the, the you know, these, the more mainstream uh, ones, promotions, just from the stuff oh, that we saw in, in like, in like Russia, friggin' guerrilla fighting championship. Well, not now, you know, Eagle fighting championship. Uh, but, you know, again, we like to keep it with the, the, with the level of competition that people know. So it makes sense. I have no problem with that. But, you know, we'll be having an article with that. There was some wild, wild, wild stuff out there on the reason. And I'm glad uh, uh, Jed already kind of shouted out some of it with his list. Yeah, some good, some good stuff. Even I almost put Yuli Diaz, his three-second KO oh, bare, knuckle. bare knuckle on that yeah. list. <laughs> the fastest knockout in combat sports history. It, it, I almost put it on the list. But we'll see what happens. Uh, th- th- that actually might get dropped onto two seconds well, before it's all whatever. done. Kim Yamamoto knocked a dude out in one second. I don't care what the timekeepers say. He flew across <laughs> the ring and kneed an Olympian in the face, and he was done before one second hit the clock, as far as I'm concerned. That will forever be the fastest KO in history. Uh, kid forever, RIP. Fair enough. Well said. I, I, I have no issue with what you just said. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Uh, let us head to the final award, the Fighter of the Year in 2020. A lot of good nominees for sure, but again, like most of these awards, they were up in the air for a while, but I feel like most everybody is in agreement with the number one spot, but we will see. Maybe maybe we're not, AK. Top five Fighter of the Year. Uh, I want to give some honorable mentions to uh, Gilbert Burns, who I think is going to make some people's lists. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Damian Maya, that, that was a huge win, and then just completely dominating Woodley. Uh, I mean, he might some people's list because people are say, "Well, I mean, Maya and Woodley are past the prime." Uh, I'm not necessarily believing that, I, and I still think Maya. I certainly think Maya is still very good, and uh, Burns beat him. You know, passing the torch, Brazilian stars, and then just completely uh, ran over uh, Woodley in what was a, a somewhat depressing fight, but a great performance for Burns. So I'll give a shout out to him. Not in my fifth. Uh, also, no one's going to mention, it, but we have to talk about Marcus Zabora. Four and zero in in 2020. That's all I'm saying. Four and zero in 2020. The man he beat, Greg Hardy, got a lot of publicity in uh, 2019. 
for fighting five times in one year, which was an impressive feat. I'm not going to argue with that. But winning 4-0, I don't care who you're fighting in the UFC. Ben Rockwell's in there, too. That's a quality win. You know, Marcin Vera was not just knocking off uh, uh, cans, as it were. Um, 4-0 in the UFC deserves mention. But I'm going to give my fifth spot to someone who I don't think is going to make a lot of lists. But I'm going to go with Chris Cyborg. She she completed the, the again, added to her, her lead by you know, winning a Bellator title against a Julia Budd, who I think is a good fighter. Um, but again, just sort of the historical achievement of it, I think, is noteworthy. And she did defend her title uh, in dominant fashion against Arlene Blanco uh, later in the year. Joe Bronx, Charles Oliveira, number four. I mean, that Tony Ferguson win. Boy, if there's any questions, is this guy, is this guy a contender? Is this guy a possible champion? Is this the guy who Khabib had not retired? Could he have knocked off Khabib? I'm just saying. It's worth it's worth mentioning after this year. He looked amazing. Continued and on- he would have done that. nonsense. He continued an unbelievable uh, winning streak and streak of finish. Uh, well, no, not finish, but uh, unbelievable winning streak. Uh, Kevin Holland uh, would be my third. Of course, he had a, he's a, he's had a great year. He fought uh, literally in the second half of the year once a month. I think he missed one month. Uh, so to go, wait, did he go four and zero, five and zero? Either way. All his fights happen in the second half of the year. You, you, like what is it? You will not see a, a, a run like that again uh, in the UFC for a long time. I know we're still kind of in pandemic time, but I don't know if anyone's ever going to have that combination of opportunity and uh, and gusto <laughs> and sheer madness that Kevin Holland has. So, absolutely number three. Uh, I could have put him over this guy, but I'm going to give I'm going to give this man a lot of credit because I always pick against him. Jan Blahovic. He won the light heavyweight title this year dominated Dominic Reyes in that fight. Uh, Avenger lost to Corey Anderson uh, and became the, the light heavyweight champion. Undisputed right now, by the way. Okay, John Jones, I don't know where he is, but for me, Jan Blahovitz, undisputed, all right? He's fighting. And then number one, Davison Figueredo. De- Deus Taguera, you know. Uh, I thought he won the Moreno fight, even if he didn't. That's successful defense in my books. Two wins over Joe B, uh, strong challenger, I thought, Perez. Uh, and just a reminder, I hope reminds the flight kit effing A. Uh, and they always have. And I'm glad that if it takes someone like uh, Figueredo to have more people realize that, then I'm all for it. And I think that's that's part of the reason why he's the best fighter of 2020. Number five, I got Charles Oliveira. Two big wins. The Kevin Lee win was great. Tony Ferguson was just ridiculous. Uh, obviously, Justin Gaethje beat him, beat him and dominated him, pieced him up. But, I mean, this was just a complete ragdolling. Other than Casey Lydon, I don't think anyone saw that kind of performance coming. But it was just amazing. I think he deserves some kudos and should be on a lot of people's list. Number four, I don't know how many people are going to agree with me on this one, but I'm giving it to Israel Adesanya. Yes, he was 2-0. He had two title offenses. The first one was against Yoel Romero. It was a close fight. It was not aesthetically pleasing. But it's a title defense. It was a title defense. I'm still, I still scored it for Adesanya. Then he did what he did against Paulo Costa, and that made up for that performance. And then some... That was one of the best performances in a title fight you will ever see in your life. I have no problem putting him on my list, even though a lot of people will probably disagree with that pick. I'm putting Adesanya on the list. Number three, the first man not named John Jones or DC in a decade to say he's the UFC light heavyweight champion. I'm going with Jan Blachowicz. Knock a win over Corey Anderson, which honestly, that is an honorable mention for KO of the year that's going to get overlooked on a lot of lists because... Of what was on the line, not a lot of people saw that coming. It was very shocking, and he knocked out Corey Anderson. Then he finishes Dominic Reyes, man, many believed, beat John Jones. It was the best 205-er in the world at the time once John vacated. they Most people thought Dominic Reyes was the guy. Number two, another silver medal for Kevin Holland. 
five and zero is five and zero, and then Davis and Figueroa for me is number one. Jed, what do you think? Well, just very quickly on the uh, Blahovich KO of Corey Anderson, that also suffers from the fact that like it was a weird knockout where it took it took like the booth a while to figure out oh that that like it was a really short punch that was kind of hidden by the way their arms were. So, but I mean, yeah, it was an awesome KO, but it's just one of those that's going to be forgotten. So shout out to Jan Blovich. As far as my list goes, I'm just going to say that AK literally stole my list. I sent it to him (laughs) uh, a week ago because that's what we had to do for, you know, the MMA fighting year in the war. And it is almost identical. Uh, He makes one difference in pick five. Uh, and I have since actually changed my pick five. I originally did have Gilbert Ger- uh, Burns as my fifth uh, fighter of the year, but upon uh, kind of reconsideration and with a little bit of projection here, I am putting number five as Kai Asakura. So uh, Asakura fights in Ryzen. He has had two legitimate MMA wins this year and an exhibition win. Those two wins came by virtue of soccer kicks. So, just that alone should make him the fighter of the year if we're if this were an honest and fair program. Since it's not, and we're obviously all shills for the UFC, he only comes in <laughs> number five for me. However, if Asakura beats Kyoji uh, on the New Year's Eve show, which I think he actually has a really good chance to do, uh, frankly, that year from him, I mean, uh, Ogakube is like a good fighter. Um, who, who, oh, uh, Shoji Maruyama is a good fighter. Like these aren't super high, uh, high value names, especially in the U S but they're good fighters and he is obliterating them. And if he goes out and shows out against Kyoji Horiguchi, frankly, I think Asakura would probably jump up to be maybe number three for me. It's really wow. tough to crack into the top two. Uh, but I mean, Kyoji, a win over Kyoji at the end of the year is just phenomenal. And like I said, two soccer kick KOs. If he's soccer kick KOs Kyoji, he's a fighter of the year. And that's it. Like, we're going to have that conversation. Uh, we'll pass that. Uh, my four through one are identical uh, to AK because he stole mine. Four, Charles Oliveira. I mean, what else can you say? The man is maybe the next lightweight champion, depending on how things shake out. Uh, big wins over big competition. Three, Kevin Holland. I think he had a sensational year. Very, very good argument for him to be number two. Uh, I favored Jan Blahovich uh, over him in that regard. Um, Blahovich is my number two. In large part, less from his actual performances. He only had two of them, though they were great. Um, more so because of kind of what it means to be him right now and what he's accomplished and how that all fits into the narrative of, of light heavyweight history and all that. Uh, and my number one is Davison Figueredo. The only person here, uh, I, I mean, uh, there's no, let, let's be clear, there's no argument that Figueredo isn't number one, I think. To me, it's pretty obvious that Figueredo should be number one. The only person that you could make the argument for is Kevin Holland, just because how prolific he was this year. But to me, that just is not as important as the title defenses aspect of it, which is why I have uh, Figgy Smalls and Blahovich is one and two. And then I also just would like to throw a shout out because I really struggled uh, with my number four pick. I kind of wanted to bump Oliveira despite how great that year was uh, for Valentina Shevchenko because look in the same way, Mike, that, you know, Israel had two title defenses. Shevchenko had two title defenses and her first one against Chukagian, like, 
like Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. I mean, that's about as perfect a performance as you can get, just an absolute obliteration. And then unlike, you know, Adesanya, who frankly lost to Yoel Romero, the one true middleweight king, uh, Shevchenko did not lose to Jennifer Maya. And I think that we are frankly holding a bit of a grudge against her for our perceptions of how great Bullet is supposed to be, that she looked even partially mortal for one round. Because the reality is she won four rounds against Jennifer Maya and was never in danger of losing that fight. And everyone looks back on it as a disappointment when really that's a tough contender in her division that she absolutely showed superiority over. And we should probably be rewarding that more than we are, frankly. So to me, I really wanted to put her in the list, but I wanted to get a little fancy with the Kaya Sakura pick. Uh, and so she just falls off to go with a ton of other super worthy kind of also runs this year. Laura Murphy had three wins. Uh, Brandon Moreno, if Brandon Moreno gets one judge's scorecard or whatever, like he wins instead of, you know, comes with the draw, he might be your fighter of the year. We have a lot of really good campaigns this year. So shouts to all of them. But Kyra Sakura is going to kick Kyoji Horiguchi in the face, and then he's going to be my fighter of the year. <laughs> And if Justin Gaethje beat Habib, there's a no-brainer. I don't care if Figueredo oh, yeah. had defended his title five times and would, would not have mattered. Justin yeah, Gaethje would the fighter. Yeah. It's crazy. What, what a crazy year it has been. Like Gil, Gilbert Burns was like the front runner for a while. And then he was going to fight yeah. Kamaru no, Usman. No, 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 Mike. No, no, no. Kamaru Usman was the front runner. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're All right. All right. Well, let me if, if Burns, If that Burns Usman fight had gone down, and Burns beat him. Would Burns be number one? Yeah, hundred percent. Really? Not even close. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. If, if Burns beats Woodley, Maya, and Usman to claim the, the title, that is, and I think Figueroa had a phenomenal year. That is yeah. unquestionable. <laughs> like, it's a even shame. Out, even outside of Figueroa blowing weight and having a draw on his resume this year, like. Even if Figueredo hadn't blown weight and had, you know, won the title the first time clean and then knocked out Moreno, like I still think beating Woodley, Maya, and Usman is sure. I mean, that is that's a hell of a year. It's it's a shame. And also if Usman would have won, it obviously would have cemented my Usman as the fighter of the year uh, argument. I mean, he was only disqualified now, you know, because he did not end up fighting again. So I stand by it. I stand by it. All right. He'd be gone two and oh, but I'd be, we'd be having a whole different discussion today. He would only have one win though. If he beat uh, Burns, if, if he, I'm saying, if the Burns Usman fight happened, right, Usman was, beat him. Yeah. Right, but he still fought on the card and beat Mazadal. so he yeah. still would only been one to zero. No, no, I'm saying. No, if, I, I'm, I think I'm you're saying, talking about the 256 one. Hmm? Oh, if it happened at 256, yeah, you're yeah, talking about the, yeah, 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 yeah. Fight. If, if right, the fight enough. with Usman and Burns happened this year, yes, then number one on my list. Yeah. And it's funny because if, if Gilbert Burns did win the title in July, like like the original booking was. Gilbert Burns might have defended the title two or three times because then Gilbert he just wants to fight every month. <laughs> yeah, you're probably Gilbert right. That would be scheduled for February. Be where yep. we're going. AK, so though, Gilbert, AK, shouts to the people you shouted out because Chris Cyborg, like Loki, had a pretty good right. 2020. Marcin Tabura, like, had a great 2020. It's he not going to matter at all, but he had a great no. 2020. Uh, but 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 you raise a point though. We do take we I, we do take uh, fighters like Shevchenko and I think Cyborg for granted. They're just so consistent. Again, uh, Cyborg for me, I think the fact that she you know came back from the the Nunez loss and just looked pretty much as good as ever. Maybe that's why I'm giving her giving her an edge. Uh, 
But you're right. We, we take Shevchenko for granted. We're definitely the part we're taking for granted, where she doesn't either completely wow for five rounds or uh, or get a finish in the first three rounds. And we're like, oh, oh no, Some, something must be wrong. And clearly nothing is wrong. The Shevchenko business is doing very well. Also, I've meant, I meant to mention this guy. Uh, no one is going to give him any love, and that's totally okay because he probably doesn't deserve it, but he does deserve a shout-out. Brian Kelleher had a friggin' phenomenal 2020. Look, I know he lost to Cody Stamen in a fight that was frankly kind of boring because it was a Cody Stamen fight, but his other three outings were all wins and all performance or fight of the nights. Like he fought four times this year, turned in a submission of the year or a submission of the night, basically a KO, uh, and then another submission of the night. Like that's just a that's like year like you have to be happy with how that year went, even with the Cody Stamen wrestled to death loss. Like it just is what it is there. But great year from Brian Keller. Yeah, he's uh he's probably like number six on my submission of the year list for the O'Day Osborne sub. Cause that was awesome. <laughs> Dude was fighting yeah. for his job, everything on the line, last fight in his deal. O'Day was a very exciting prospect coming off the contender series. And damn, boom did his thing. And he's got a he's got a PTL victory, I believe. I think I don't think a lot of fighters can say that. I think he has a between the links win. I believe he has under oh, his belt. Oh yeah, he's got a PTL victory too. I, I know I know that because I'm I'm one, I'm one of the people he beat. So uh, I'm aware he definitely has a between the links victory. Uh, so hey, he yeah, can hold that over a lot of fighters' heads. Yeah. Yeah, business is booming. Best rapper in MMA, Brian Keller. Shout. Oh. Could be a big year for him. Got a got a big fight with Ricky Simone coming up. In January and we'll see what happens. He's going to want to stay busy like he normally does, but uh, there you have it. Something a little different for the peeps to round out 2020 on between the links. We're going to be talking more about awards and all sorts of craziness and predictions for 2021 awards. AK and I on to the next one coming up on Sunday. Uh, the battles will resume in 2021 on the program. Jed Mishu will be defending his title against all comers uh, I'm not sure what next week will hold. Maybe like an omnibus of some kind here in the program. Maybe a best of, I don't know, but, uh, we do have some ideas on how to make BTL even better in 2021. Perhaps maybe we go live for some of these weeks. We'll see what happens with all that. We'll have some fun stuff to wrap up the year. That's for sure. So keep it locked in on MMAfighting.com for all that. Before we go, AK, how about, uh, normally give like 30 seconds at the end for the winner to talk about oh. good, bad, and different, but, uh, Maybe like your your holiday wish, your New Year's resolution for MMA fans, for the sport, as we get ready to turn the page from 2020 to 2021. I never win, so I never get to do these. So yes, let me let me have a, a more a little more than 30 seconds here. I wanna I hope to mend this this uh, fence between you know the MMA media and fans. We started off talking sort of about that Dana White clip. That's not gonna help things. There there's certainly a lot of fans who saw that clip and are like, yeah, f yeah, Dana's right. He st- he beat the he beat the media this year. I think people gotta understand we're we're all in this together. There's no sides. Okay, it's not us versus Dana White. It's not us versus the UFC. It's certainly not us versus the fan. Us with the fans, with our readers, with our viewers, listeners, we don't have a job. Okay, so it's never there's never any situation where it's us being like, man, we 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 got to figure out ways to, to to as the media to beat you know beat the fans. Like that's insane. We're, we're we are fans just like you. We definitely see things from a certain perspective. We have different responsibilities. Uh, we have different ways we have to approach this. But at the end of the day, we're all fans. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this. So for 2021, I hope. Um, and obviously, this isn't just an issue with MMA media. There's a sweeping issue with media in general, given the climate created by the uh, soon to be former president of the United States. Um, but I hope that. 
again, we can all sort of realize we're, we're all in this. I, I see, I receive random messages from you all the time. It's, I know, I know fans are nice, and I would also tell the media to not uh, necessarily condemn all of fandom when they see a bad opinion out there or they see bad reactions to the story. Yes, there are a lot of bad apples out there. A very vocal uh, group of people who who, who are, are are just bad agents who, who I think support heinous opinions. But I think overall, the majority people who don't we don't always hear from of fans are really good and really smart and really educated and and they have opinions that sometimes agree with us sometimes they don't but either way they have opinions that are worth hearing uh so i think the fans are are absolutely i think should not be taken for granted um and yeah that that is my very uh broad somewhat naive wish mike for 2021 is that we can all sort of get along um and uh more of this us versus them us versus d stuff it just doesn't exist it's just nothing and it shouldn't be well said ak jed you are the. I think you've made more of these speeches than anybody in 2020 on this program. So, uh, you know, you're not claiming victory at this moment, but you're sending a, a message to the fans, the dominant champion, the winningest BTL player of the year. What would you like to say to the fine folks? Be nice for this holiday season. Be nice, Jed. Be nice, Mike. I'm always claiming victory, so let's just all. It doesn't even matter whether I've won, lost. There's any competition. I'm always claiming victory. Uh, for me, I would just say that AK is right. Uh, you know, everybody love everybody except for Colby Covington and his fans. You're totally free to hate them. Totally okay with that. Uh, my wish for 2021, I have a lot of them, and most of them are just not going to happen because they would involve Dana White caring about fighters slash employees. But uh, since that's not going to happen, the wish I have is – that the heavyweight division do something. We have spent now three years tied up in Stipe versus Daniel Cormier. It was fun for like a minute or a year, and now it's just the heavyweight division is in a log jam, and Stipe is still sitting out to recover. Fair play to him. But I hope with all sincerity that he comes back He or vacates if he chooses to retire at this point. And frankly, he doesn't have anything left to prove. But, you know, I just want to see the heavyweight division moving again because it's really interesting. Like, there are a lot of good contenders for Stipe to face. There's Nganu, who I know he doesn't want to rematch, but that fight is still very compelling. Curtis Blades has been putting together wins. Alistair Overeem has been making his, you know, canned campaign for one more run. And frankly, I'm kind of willing to watch over him get one last shot to claim the title. Uh, not to mention Siogane is now emerging as this super compelling talent. Like the heavyweight division is probably as fun as it's ever been, frankly. Maybe not maybe it's quite a little bit behind, you know, the heyday of Pride days, but that also might just be rose-colored rearview mirrors. But it's as fun as it has ever been. And but at the very top, we've just been locked up by Stipe versus Cormier and Stipe fighting once a year. So I really hope that this year is the year we can finally get past that and get some title defenses going because John Jones is also a heavyweight theoretically now. So let's like we need action because I want to see John Jones fight Stipe. I want to see John Jones fight Francis Ngannou. I want to see John Jones fight Curtis Blades. I want to see all this happening. And it only happens if the ball at the very top starts moving. So that's my wish for 2021. That and that Habib Nurmagomedov has a wonderful retirement. Excellent choice. I like that. And I would say the same thing about the featherweight division. I would say the same thing about the welterweight division. 
let's let, let's move here. Okay, it doesn't have to be title fights. But we have a loaded up welterweight division, and that was the problem with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's win on Saturday is that he was fighting basically for nothing because no one else has fights. No one else is even looking to be fighting right now. There's all these talks. There's all these rumors and innuendo about this guy's fighting this guy. This guy's defending against this guy. But nothing is actually happening. Nothing has been put on paper. Nothing is official. Let's get this division moving so we can get the guys like Wonder Boy and all these emerging 170ers, 55ers, et cetera, et cetera. At least we got Connor and Poirier to look forward to. Then we can kind of move this division forward a little bit. But hopefully, and it's been a chaotic year, so I understand that. So hopefully things can start to move. I agree with Jed 100% on the heavyweight. I agree with everything AK said in terms of fans and media. I think we've done a pretty good job, AK. Like, I, I feel like with our site in particular, I feel like from where we were in March, before everything really shut down to where we are now, I feel like it's a little more communal than it was you know, earlier this year. I feel like we're getting in a better place. We're not where I would like us to be, AK, but I think we're getting better. I feel better about it than I did like five months ago. It's only because AK edits out half the stuff I write. Like, he just won't let me do it. <laughs> oh, and tell me. And that's, that's why. Oh, readers, I'm protecting. I'm not protecting Jed from you. I'm protecting you from Jed. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, that's. That's what, among the many things that I would like to happen in 2021, but I know won't. That's it, is that AK would stop censoring me from all of the hottest takes that I have because <laughs> I'd be fired. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Also, uh, make sure, I think Bellator is going to have a big year too, so keep them in mind. I have a Gosh, feeling right. yeah, going to happen. Big signings. Uh, you know, big name signings, some good free agent signings. I think there's a lot to be excited about if you're an MMA fan when it comes to Bellator. Obviously, check out everything going on. One, Ryzen's got a big event on December 31st. Jed made, made a great point. Made, he made a great point. Kaya Sakura could, uh, could get on all those lists. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are just like, oh, I see a lot of people out there saying it's UFC or bust. That's not necessarily true. It's just been kind of a wild year. The UFC has had way more events to look at and and pull clips from than anybody else it's just that's what happens when you have a global pandemic but casey normally at the end of these shows we look to you for a ruling but you know you've been a big part of this program throughout the year any uh any final words before we turn the page Ah, really, man. I'm just ready for this. I'm ready for. I'm ready to get done with this year. I'm just because January first, everything goes back to normal. I hear. So yeah. <laughs> I thought it all went back to normal after November fourth or whatever the date was. Is that yeah, is that not happened? Yeah, that's a typo. Yeah, but um, <laughs> good year. Um, I didn't. I didn't roll my eyes too much at any of the picks. Um, but uh, yeah, any of your top five lists. So good job, gentlemen. Casey, what pick did you roll your eyes at the most? No, nah, there was there was no there wasn't one thing. That, uh, there wasn't one thing. There wasn't one thing I, that, oh. that someone said. Yeah, Casey um, was saving your feelings, Mike. It was clearly the Adesanya's fourth and fighter of the year. That was clearly <laughs> the worst. I'm standing by it. I told you it wasn't going to oh, be a popular oh. pick, but. I was telling you for fourth for number four. No, 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 no. For my fighter of the year, because we're not we're not doing my picks, but my fighter of the year, Israel Adesanya is number three. Oh, yes, vindication. 
Oh. He headlined two pay-per-views, defended his belt, two high-profile pay-per-views. He fought 25 minutes with Yo Romero and looked exactly the same afterward. He won yeah. the fight, and then he demolished Mr. Co- Mr. Costa, and then he dry-humped yes. him. That makes him number three fighter of the year. Wow. The, the truck you came in hot at the end. You wow. sold it for me with the dry humping. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You, 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 so there was the opposite, what's the opposite of an eye roll? Because that was the opposite of an eye roll. That was, just, there was, that was uh, not blinking. That, that, there was, if there was a top five moments, I have a feeling that's number one on the dead Mashu list. Uh, well, no, well, no, number one was the return of Bob Sapp at Fight Circus Volume 2, obviously. And, one through 26 on Fight Circus. Fight Circus Volume 2. Oh, well, you know, I know, sorry, I know we're already keep going, but. I uh, talk about censoring. I think I, I had to talk Jed out of putting the uh, three on one, the recent three on one fight from uh, Fight Circuit Volume Two on his top five fights of the year. I legitimately messaged him when we were saying the name. Yeah. I was like, I want to put this like at the top of my list, and he's like, Well, you can if you want to. And then I yeah. ultimately decided that might not be the right choice. I stand by believing. Look, Wiley Zhang Yuana is the best fight of the year. <laughs> I don't know that I had more fun this year than the three-on-one at Fight Circus Volume 2. Like, that fight was hysterically funny. <laughs> it, is, it is out there. People, it is on YouTube. Fight Circus Volume 2. I, we're just saying. You want to watch the fight for yourself? It's out there for free. Check it. We need to Check out our end of year rewards because you oh might see God. some of the Fight Circus showing up in that. <laughs> We need to, yeah, we need to add some awards to these shows so we can insert yeah. some of that that madness. But uh, good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you, uh, thank you for joining us. A little friendly panel. It will not be as friendly the next time we get together, I'm sure. But for all of you, thank you for watching. As always, big thanks to Casey Lyden, our judge on the production side, for his incredible work this year on the program. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn. We miss her at MMA Fighting. But for Jed, AK, I am Mike Heck. Thanks for joining us once again. Between the links. Good night, everybody. Love you guys. This has been Between the Links with your host, Mike Heck. Brought to you by MMA Fighting, a production of Vox Media. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees. 
supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. 